In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome to Diet Starts Tomorrow. I'm your host, Aileen, and today's guests are, if you've been a listener for a very long time, you will recognize this duo. They own the company Done and Done Home, also a really big Instagram account. They are a mother and daughter duo, and they are coming out with a new book this September called Love Your Home Again, Organize Your Space and Uncover the Home of Your Dreams. You both have also helped me in my life moving into a new apartment and then recently just making my kitchen and a couple of rooms in my home just like new spaces. (laughs) So welcome to the show, Kate and Anne. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yep. Thank you. Well, welcome back. And I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm so excited to talk about your book. Also, Kate, congrats. I know you just... (laughs) announced baby number three announced baby number three but also when you were in my bathroom Mm -hmm. moving around my pregnancy tests like from the last time you were like this one's expired and I was like okay we can throw that out and you're like well shh I'm pregnant. I told you, you were like one of the first people who knew. (laughs) I knew before your mom. (laughs) I I was like, I I like did a quiet shriek. I was so excited. But congratulations. That's wow. You, you You have five. Yeah, so you, my three and then two stepsons. Yeah, so steps, it's all wow. boys. Wow, yeah. big family. Yes, yes. And you guys have a new book coming out, which you, I just got. Thank you so much for sending it to me. Okay, so can you tell, first of all, before we get into it, can you share with our listeners, anybody who hasn't listened to that episode that you guys came on, what do you do? How did you start your business? Because it's grown significantly since you were on in 2018. So what do you do at Done and Done? So we are a um, professional organizing move management company, and Kate and I started 10 years ago with just the two of us, and we have expanded since. So we have 10 organizers now who work for us, um, and we do everything that has to do with stuff. So sometimes it's just organizing people's homes and getting them like what we did at your home just really squared away, and other times it's huge multi-part moves, tiny moves, all sorts of moves of getting everybody packed up move to their new place and unpacked. That's great. I feel like organized. Were you both like really organized people before you started this business? Because I feel like I haven't heard of home organizing before like eight years ago. I feel like it really took off like around then, around like eight, seven, eight years ago. Um, uh-huh. And certainly like Marie Kondo and the Home Edit and all those big companies yeah. helped it give sort of a more wide known presence. I was definitely really organized growing up. I, you know, my mom likes to tell the story of me coming out of my room with a trash bag full of stuff. And she'd be like, wait, Kate, what's in there? And I'm like, trash. That's why it's in a trash bag. So I'm throwing (laughs) it away. (laughs) And I was definitely like the person who helped my friends get their houses organized. My mom says she wasn't organized growing up. I wasn't organized as a a young person, but I had a, um, a high school college boyfriend who he was super organized and so was his family. And we were more fly by the seat of your pants family. And so when I was dating him, I started to see like, oh, yeah, this works. This saves time. I, I get this. Um, and then by the time I was married and had two little kids in my mid-20s, I got super organized. I think yeah. kids also, I mean, force you to do stuff you wouldn't necessarily do and, you know, be more on top of things that otherwise might not bother you. Because it's like, you know, it's completely crazy otherwise. If you're it's not... Crazy. Like, and I think because of time, time just yeah. becomes extremely limited. And so you don't want to spend it in silly ways because you don't have as much as you used to. And like looking for stuff constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also was extremely yeah. disorganized. 
until even all through college. And then I moved to, instead of moving in with a roommate, I moved in by myself into a studio in the city. Uh-huh. Finally, after moving back home and then after that, whatever. That's when I was just like, cause it was my own space. I had a very small studio and that's when I was just like, okay, this space is like really important. I need to be like very particular about what I put where. Uh-huh. And that's when I got like really OCD <laughs> about it. And I love like creating all of these like systems that you guys taught me the first time. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, it's just like, it's re- it really saves time. And it also, I noticed that it really reduces anxiety. I feel like when you yep. feel like you know where things are and things aren't just like on top of each other, mm-hmm. cause you don't then don't want to even use your stuff that you spent money on. And then you're like, oh, I spent all that. And then you have the guilt of the spending of the money. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was so, the whole sort of yeah. theory when we started, you know, coming up with the ideas for the book of like, we didn't want another book that was about sort of the, stylizing organizing because you go there's a lot of ways that you can make your home look beautiful but that doesn't mean it necessarily functions and so for us it was about looking at each different room in your home and how you might want to use that space and enjoy that space with your partner or your family or your kids and to use that as your motivation to get organized right so it's like you can have all this extra time back and use that on things that are more important to you whether that's reading a book or being with your kids and not being stressed out or going out on a date night or cooking a dinner, like all the things that you like to do, you'll have more time to do and you'll be less stressed. Well, and one of the things that we've learned from helping so many different people over the years, and you know, we started out primarily in Manhattan and have um, spread out to tri-state area and other states since then, but New Yorkers have to be completely on top of it because space is so limited. But also we did learn that there are many people who are very good at the aspect of their lives that brought them to New York or has them living in New York, their professional lives and what they're good at. And they are often embarrassed or, you know, they are hard on themselves. Like, I can't do this. This is impossible. And we always say like, no, but we do this every day. You go, you do what you do every day. We do this. So we can teach you in a couple days or in our book, how to really create systems and how to make it easier and mostly how to get rid of things that don't serve your life at the current time. So what do you have in the book? Like if somebody gets it, can they like kind of learn how Uh to become an organized person? Like if somebody's a complete, complete lost cause, you're like, I (laughs) literally don't even know where to put my scissors. Like what will they become people who like have a scissor drawer? (laughs) Yes, totally. I mean, I don't know that you need a whole drawer of scissors, but like, you know, it's all of the scissors together. Yeah, definitely. So it's broken down by room or space. Um, and we have everything in there. So it's your, you know, closets, your bathrooms, kitchen, pantry, um, gathering spaces, living room, dining room are kind of put together. Um, if you have a house, we have a section on garages, attics, and basements, not doesn't apply to everybody. Um, and so anything that you might need to get organized, you can. So you can, if you're starting from zero, you can learn everything you need. And if you just need to fine tune certain areas, that's in there also. Um, and it teaches sort of the done and done method, right? Which is pulling everything out of the home where it lives. You know, we do this. All your clothes come out, every single item. It gets categorized and then subcategorized. You do sweaters and then you do cashmere sweaters and then you do black or navy or patterned or whatever. Then you go through and you sort absolute yes, absolute no, and then maybes. And then at the end, you circle back to the maybes. And then you look at the space that you have and try and plan it out for the life that you're currently living. So, you know, for people with little kids, you go fancy ball gowns. Those don't need to be right in your working wardrobe or like five inch heels. Like I'm not wearing those anymore. So trying to be realistic about who you are in the life that you're living right now and not only keeping things and being intentional about what you're keeping, but putting them back in a way that's intentional about the way that you're living right now. And so then we teach you all that and then we can give product suggestions and all of that. Okay. What about like when you're doing your closet and I I know that's really, it's hard to part ways with things that you spent money on and even though you don't wear, but you're like, maybe I'll wear it another time. So that's not like a maybe, it's more of like, I want to keep it, but I don't know what to do with it. How do you decide what to do with things that like, there's like this emotional attachment, but also like some guilt around? So we're not big on the seasonal switch out, but we are big on the how you live now switch out. So when there are things that um, perhaps were important or you spent a lot of money on them and maybe they're not quite right size wise, 
Um, to get rid of the expensive things is not necessarily the right way to go, but to get them out of your working wardrobe and up above, you know, most everybody has those shelves in their closet that they can't reach. And so we prefer to move those things up there and even put them in a bin where you label it and you can make a detailed list of what's in there. So if you're thinking like, oh, you know what, that navy, oh yeah, I know that dress, that's up there. That would fit me now. Let me pull that out. Because for women, especially the age where you two are, there's a wide range of sizes because you're having children. And so that causes a, you know, figure change. And so um, those sizes, people are hard on themselves, very hard on themselves. But having spent 10 years in women's closets, they're so not alone, right? Everybody has this thing. And so there are things like shoes that no longer fit because sometimes like with pregnancy, <laughs> I've got a few of those, <laughs> your feet expand and they're very expensive. And so it feels terrible. And so we just say like, move them out of the way. You know, you can possibly give them to a friend, sell them at the real real, do something with them now, but they will become um, dated. And well, so better to just rip the bandaid off and let them go while there's still some life in them. And I think also if it's not sort of a size issue and it's more a style or, you know, you're just not quite sure about the item. So we have a game that we play called wear it all day or give it away. So you must wear the item out of your home for the day. So it's like you put on that jacket and literally the second you get out your door, you're like, I feel like an idiot. I'm not wearing this. And you put it in a right. donate bag. So the thing about like getting dressed for your day, ready to head out the door, like your shoes are, we've done it with everything from like shoes, jackets, bras, where you're like, I literally can't breathe in this bra. Why am I keeping it? <laughs> I think that that's because it was expensive. It was expensive and pretty and sexy. No, 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 no. If you can't wear it, no. And so I think that's been the most helpful thing we've done in terms of clothes for me is forcing myself to wear it out of the house. Like we had a client who had all these amazing clothes as, you know, her figure hadn't changed in 30 years. And so she had all these clothes and she was a real shopper and whatever. And so she was saying like, well, you know, these clothes are still good. And mom was like, okay, we'll put that on and wear it out to Starbucks and go get us a coffee. And the woman was like, oh God, no, I'm not, no, I'm not wearing it outside. And so mom was like, why are you keeping it then? Like to admire. Yeah, to admire. <laughs> and in that way, you go take a picture of it, right? Yeah. To remember it, have a little, you know, album on your phone of saved right. clothes I used to love. But that doesn't mean they need to be in your house anymore and or in your life. sometimes there's like yeah. one piece that you just can't get rid of. So keep that piece, right? right. Keep the one thing. But, you know, if you can get rid of a few, it just frees up your closet. Right. Choose one. Exactly. Yeah. And that one will represent the, <laughs> the era. <laughs> so is the closet the most, like, is the thing that you guys organize the most? Or is there, like, a second most organized space? I think closets and kitchens. Yeah. Yes. Right? I think you, those are the hardest. Right. When we were at your house, kitchens are really hard. And there's so much stuff, like, little stuff all the way up to, like, appliances to food and everything is tends to be kind of spread out. And we always say, you know, when you move into a new space, wherever something lands, when you move in, that's where it's going to stay. And yeah. so people just unpack sort of, we got to get unpacked, you know, uh, haphazardly, and then things live there for years. Mm -hmm. And so I think kitchens can become really, really problematic. And then of right. course, clothes, because I think people buy a lot of clothes and um, sizes change and all the yeah, styles change. It's not like you're going to randomly bring in another couch and go like, oh man, look, now we have <laughs> yeah. two couches. But the, the clothes and the kitchen stuff keeps coming. And I think kids' yeah, toys. accumulates. And toys. Yeah, yeah playroom. With the kitchen, I feel like when I am more organized, I want to use the things yes. more, like cook more, uh -huh. chop more. Uh -huh. When you don't know where any of the stuff is, you're just like, screw it. I'm just going to order. So it definitely does like affect your life in ways that aren't just superficial, uh -huh. like where something goes. It's, I think it affects the way that you live. Can you offer some like suggestions about like where to start? If you feel like your kitchen's a complete disaster, after you bring everything out, let's say, where do you start putting things? Are there any like rules to go by? That's interesting because the kitchens do have a basic setup that makes sense for most people. And then within that, there's some personalizing. So like in your kitchen, it was deciding like, where should the coffee station really be? How, how is this going to work? Where are the mugs? Where should the machine be? still have it be? there. <laughs> yeah, okay, so it worked. Um, and so it, it's the thing about putting things that make the most sense because kitchens are, it's just a relentless amount of work. It's every day for the rest of your life. And so to be walking across the kitchen to put things away from your dishwasher 
that's hard. It's extra steps and it's irritating and it's irritating to begin with. So you don't want to make it worse. So it's really thinking about how the kitchen is laid out to work with the appliances, right? So you have counter space near your kitchen, I mean, near your fridge, cabinet space and drawer space near your dishwasher. And so it's kind of going with the plan that's there and then fine tuning it for your family. Because sometimes when you have not little tiny children, but young people, you have to put things lower down so that they can help themselves. Um, And so it's thinking about who lives there, how do they use their things? Do they have, you know, like the protein mix, the blenders and like, where do you want those things to make it work? So if someone else is cooking, can someone else use another part of the kitchen? And so it's thinking how many people live there, how many people actually use the kitchen and then uh, getting rid of every single thing in there that no longer serves the family. Yeah. And I think focusing on how often you use something and placing it based on that. So we were talking about this in stories yesterday, like a rice cooker that you use once a month should not live on your counter. That should be, even if you have to get up on a stool to go get that, that's fine. It's once a month. But your coffee machine, obviously that needs to be really accessible. Mugs, really accessible. Champagne glasses, maybe not as accessible. And so trying to sort of categorize by use and then start high or low with the things that you don't use and then right at the ready is all the things you use on a daily basis or multiple times a day even. So kids stuff, water glasses, coffee mugs, things like that, silverware. Right, right. So funny because my husband, I had to convince him that the coffee machine was in the right place. <laughs> now <laughs> it didn't make sense before, and now he he's going with it. But he's still like, I don't know where all the medicine is. I'm like, most of it has been thrown out because it <laughs> expired in 2017. Which is like, good. It makes you yeah. healthy. You didn't need it. Mm-hmm. I know. And I'm like, otherwise it's all in one place. He's like, no, it's not. He's like <laughs> convinced it's somewhere else. I'm like, I promise you, it's nowhere else. It's, like it's just not. thrown out. Yesterday, I was going through some of it, and I was like, oh, my God, wait, this is a bag we didn't go through. And I was like, oh, my God, this Claritin expired in 2017. I'm yeah. like, I have not used it. So, yeah, it's definitely, because it was taking up so much space, I realized, wow, mm-hmm. like, now I have some extra room. It feels like you never have room, but actually, you just have old stuff. That's so true. Yeah, I, yeah, keeping stuff by the dishwasher, like, where you unload, like, it's just mm-hmm. all about, like, the functionality. It's a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. Well, you make a very good point about couples um, that when it's two people living together and using the same spaces, trying to work out what works for both of you so that both people feel that their needs are being met. And sometimes it's frustrating. Um, Sometimes when we, you know, do a huge declutter and organizing, only one of the people of the couple are there. And it's hard. It's hard for them to get with it when they come back. But usually the extra space like you're talking about kind of wins the day. Well, and even that way, you have to think about, you know, like my husband's more than a foot taller than me. So he's yeah. like, what's the problem? It can live there. I'm like, I literally can't even see it. So how is that helpful to me? Like, he's like, it's right there. I'm like, uh, I'd have to stand on a chair to find what you're even looking at. So thinking in really practical ways, I think is important. And for us, it really is function over beauty. Um, I think a lot of organizing is like, let's shove this all in bins and label it. And you're like, that doesn't necessarily help. It doesn't help a lot of people. It definitely looks better and it mm-hmm. looks really cute online, but it doesn't mean that people in your family are going to be able to function with things that are all like tucked away and hidden. That's true. There's like such a difference between homes, like to organize or decorate, design whatever your home for Instagram versus for your own life. Yes. And like, I feel like you guys probably come across so much more like just real homes mm-hmm. rather than like the stuff you see online. Well, I think people really want their homes to look like the homes they see online. And you're like, you do realize that behind the cab, like camera, there's 40 bags of stuff that they had to move mm-hmm. out of the way to get that picture. But people don't think of it that way. It feels like real life. And it's just, it's not real life most of the time. And the, and the expectation that people are going to live like that is just, it makes it really, really hard. Well, right. it feels, you know, when you see those photos, it does feel aspirational and almost a little bit like exciting, like, oh my gosh, you know, my bathroom could look like that. And again, when it comes to couples, the other person would be like, why? Why do we have to do that? Why do I have to hold that and put that in that bin? Well, my mom and I laugh about her mom who had, you know, five kids, that she would have like color coded her pantry. She would have been like, are you joking? I'm trying to feed seven people. I'm not color coding. I don't have time for rainbow. No, no. no. (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny.
It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And they're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life. So it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y.com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. What about, you know, the bathroom when it kind of gets, you know, there's not much space. Is there any like tips or things that is helpful for organizing? I think that people keep a lot of stuff in their bathroom right at the ready that is not necessary to be right at the ready, right? So like even in your bathroom, there was like backstock of a lot of stuff where you go, it was right in those drawers there, but you didn't have a lot of space in the drawers. And so to take that all out, get rid of the excess packaging, all that, and you guys had that awesome closet in the other bathroom where you go like, I think in the in the era that we all live in of like online shopping meets bulk shopping. So you're like, I have seven lotions from Costco Mm-hmm. And then on Amazon, I meant to order a razor, but I got 28 of them. And you're like, that's where you have to be careful, really, really mm-hmm. careful, especially with bathroom stuff, because the space is just not that big. Like if you do have one closet in your bathroom, that's miraculous. And so, you know, we like to say, watch the front door. And I think with the bathroom and especially with like this amazing skincare time that we're in, everybody gets totally mm-hmm. sucked into like all the amazing stuff, but it's hard because you run out of space really easily. Right. Well, and one of the things with labeling and bins that does work, if you do have one of those bathroom closets that people have often used for linen, which isn't ideal because bathrooms are damp and so best not to do that if you don't have to, um, but having the bins labeled in there so that you know when you're ordering ra- a razor and you're like, oh, wait a minute, there's actually 27 still in there, <laughs> right? So right. To, to keep track of what you do have and to be able to see it. So clear labeled bins so that you can just very quickly, like you just don't want to spend so much time on this, right? Mm -hmm. So you're there with your phone, you're ordering stuff online. You're like, okay, what do we actually need? And you see what's missing. Mm -hmm. And that's very helpful. 
Yeah, I think right. checking what you already have is important in the bathroom because you're like, oh, I need deodorant. And then you're like, oh, no, no, that other one came it. in a two pack. Right. I, I have right. that. And you save money yeah. this way. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows you go out, you buy it, and you're like, oh, wait, you come back and you're like, I have five. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And even for the most organized people, like this literally happened to me the other day with toothpaste. And I was like, oh, we need toothpaste. And then I found three under my mm-hmm. sink. I was like, I'm supposed to do better than this. <laughs> yeah. So what does it mean to have a system? Like I know we were mentioning, you mentioned that before. Like what is a system? How does one create a system for themselves? I would say that in every room, it's similar to what we're talking about of having what actually fits there. And then the systems can be anything from the sort of smaller bins that go inside a drawer that keep track of things for you. Again, so like most everybody has a junk drawer, but it doesn't need to be like a big heap. It doesn't need to be a disastrous mess. Um, But it also doesn't need to be Insta-worthy. So if you have smaller bins in there, and they can be anything. They can be the fancy container store ones, or they could just be things that you have that hold other items. And you put those in there until you realize, like you said, your scissors now have a place. There's pens. There's, you know, the screwdriver. Whatever the things are that are like right at the ready. Um, And so the systems are things that you kind of build into how you live. And there are things like, on the one hand, that seem a little bit funny, like the velvet hangers, all matching hangers, which is a system. Um, but the truth is, things don't fall off of them, and they're very narrow. So especially like in New York, where we are all so limited for closet space, um, they do make an enormous difference, right? And sometimes you need the big hangers, like often men's suits and men's top coats. They're just heavier, and they have broad shoulders, and so the velvets don't work on them as much. But for women's clothes, most of the things they wear... To put in a system of better hangers makes for a better closet. Yeah. And I think also just the systems, you know, once you've done sort of the big declutter and put things where, you know, you think that they should live in your house, keeping up with what you've done is much, much easier. And so for me, you know, whether that's at the end of the day, making sure all the kids toys are put away, like I did a huge toy clean out over the weekend. Because it was getting to the point that even at the end of the day, I couldn't put stuff away because it didn't have anywhere to go. And so I was like, all right, clearly we have too much stuff here. And so we got rid of a bunch of stuff for donating. But I think the system of like, how do you want your home to look and feel each day? And then knowing that like, okay, these are the steps that I have to do either daily or weekly or monthly to keep up on top of those things, right? Mm -hmm. So if that's like, you know, you don't need to go through your clothes monthly, but you probably should go through them every six months. And in your kitchen, that's going to be a more like weekly rotation just because you're using stuff so much. But, you know, to go through your whole house top to bottom once every six months and reset everything and make sure that everything is like working, you use it. It since the last time, you know, you went through everything, I think really keeping up with what you've put in place is really, really important because, you know, Getting organized is one thing, but staying organized is really what matters. Yeah. Right. Anybody can make their home function once, but that doesn't mean it's going to stay high functioning if you ignore it for months at a time. Well, and an important component to that is having donate bags, whether it's like a little container or even, you know, a box that's in the bottom of your front hall closet. So as you're looking at the spatulas, whatever, and you're like, I don't even know how this happened, that you have a place to put them. (laughs) 17. Right. Exactly. So you then end up with, you know, a bag in your closet, because when you do that thing where you put a shirt on, take it off, put it on, take it off, and you go, ah, oh, not today. If that not today happens a couple times, you can pretty much trust that you can get rid of it. And so donating quickly and easily rather than robbing yourself of a Saturday in the summer to go through your stuff is much better. Like if you stay on top of those systems that you put in place by getting rid of what doesn't serve you, then it's much easier in the long term. Right. Yeah. I, I can also say like from my experience is that when you came, it was like a year after I moved in. So you helped with the, in the kitchen area and I had like basically one very, very small junk, quote, drunk drawer, but it was also with the stuff that we use our, every day, like mm-hmm. our car keys and all that stuff. And Anne, you were like, just make a different, let's use this other one to make like more of a junk drawer and use that like for your essential stuff. And that's changed our lives <laughs> because <laughs> I don't like throw happened. my scissors <laughs> with my car. But anyway, what I was going to say was that it also helps to like live in your space. Uh-huh. So when you're saying like to move in is one is one thing, but like uh-huh. when you live yep. in that place and like you know how you live, it's it's different than how you imagine you would yes. live. So that system is almost 
just like be- more beneficial or more helpful after you've kind of lived in your home for a little. I think that's true. One of the things, Aline, when you're talking about moving, like when people call me to say, you know, this is what we're doing. What's the biggest bang for the buck with done and done? How can you help me? And one of the things about it is when people are moving, the biggest and most important thing, it doesn't seem like this should be it, but it is decluttering your entire house before you move. Because we have unpacked people many times where they didn't hear of us or didn't know about us and they were already packed up or something happened. And the unpacking is absolutely brutal when you have things that you don't want. Because first of all, you've already paid to move it, which is a real drag. And then you're paying your, you know, using your own time to unpack or spend the money on someone else unpacking you. And it's very difficult um, to get that stuff done. And so when you think about moving, when you pack yourself, you do tend to declutter, right? When you have movers packing you, you go, oh, well, they'll, they'll pack it. Yeah. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's best not to do that. It's best to get rid of as much as you can before you move. What are some tips with maintaining? Like, I assume you don't want to do it all at once. So, like, how do you maintain your organization? Do you recommend like doing one room, like every? You said six months, but is it like you know what I mean? Like, because it becomes very overwhelming. Yeah. Like, I have to organize my whole house again. Yeah, like keeping it on a rotation is really helpful because you don't have to do the whole thing in one in one batch. And so we have a, a new course that's coming out with our book, basically. And it's like sort of the companion guide to to our book. But you it go it breaks it down weekly. So there's like each week, there's something that you can focus on. And so something little, something little, right? So it's like, do your kitchen utensils this week, do your, um, you know, shoes this week. Do under your bathroom sink this week. Do under your kitchen sink. This, I mean, it goes in, in order of the rooms. But basically, keeping up with one small area a week for 10 or 15 minutes would mean that you never have to do the giant overhaul ever again because you'd get to the end of the year and you would just start over again with the spaces that you started with. Well, the only giant overhaul that Kate and I ever do for ourselves are our clothes. Yeah. We do our clothes usually in May and in October. And I think having that, like, okay, what didn't I wear? Yeah. What didn't work out? What, you know, because even when you're going to look through your summer things or whatever, and you're like, I haven't worn this bathing suit in four years. Bye. Right? Like, just get rid of the things that you didn't use. Um, but other than that, we do keep up on it in tiny bites. Like, honestly, 15 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. Does it help, like, with overconsumption? I feel like I, I find that the more I'm decluttering, the more I realize, wow, I, I need to buy less or, yes. And, and it, it's worked. Last, the last time you came, you were like, wow, you have no, so yeah, much you less have way clothes. Less stuff. Because the first time I was like, oh my God, I have too much. I don't even wear half. Like uh-huh. it's, I've had this since 20, 2001. I don't, yeah. you know. Right. So yeah, I have less things. Does that, does that help? I think definitely. And I think one of the things is just being conscious about what you own and what you buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, you know, the wastefulness of that is something that we focus on and just like not burdening the landfills and not over purchasing and trying to be mindful about that. But even just from like a money spending or how you feel in your own space, the more aware you are of the stuff that you own, the less likely you are to overbuy. So even like going back to the toothpaste example, not that I didn't do the right thing there, (laughs) but just in the sense of like, you're constantly aware of what's actually in your home. It's not just like everything is so overwhelming that you've sort of put blinders on and you don't deal with it. And so for the most part, you know what's there, you know what you need, and you also are more realistic about like, what are you going to wear? What are you going to use? What might you cook with? Even food, where I'm like, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to eat that. Like, I'm going to pretend to eat it, and then I'm not going to eat it. Some weird like health food, whatever. You go like, I think, you know, we heard at some point, I can't remember where, but when you buy something, you are responsible for that item for the lifetime of it. And so you're like, even if that's like a box of crackers all the way to like a winter coat, you're like, I don't want to be responsible for it. I'm just not going to buy it in the first place. And then I don't have to own it and worry about it and deal with getting rid of it later. That's a good way to think about it. Well, and one of the things that Kate and I have noticed this after so many years of doing it, and we were good at organizing, but we were not the master shopper and declutterers that we have become from doing this. We were just good at like straightening things out. And so we've learned a lot about it. But one of the things about clothes, like if you just take something like jeans, for example, when you keep buying them and everybody does, you know, and there's black and white and all the different shades of, you know, the blue denim, right? It all just keeps coming. But when you try them all on and you're fully responsible for them for the lifetime of the item and you start to realize, like, even if it's the expensive jeans that fit you the best and you like the most, you go, yeah, but they're a lot of money. But the truth is, those are the ones you want to wear. 
And so by not spending money on the cheap ones that didn't work out anyway and are always ending up at the bottom of the stack, then you start to focus your mind on like, you know what, that brand works for me. It always fits. I'm always happy to wear it. And you end up needing less. Mm -hmm. And so then you can see what you have because your closet's not so packed. And so all the things sort of go together. I mean, we call it owning well, which is buying like the best quality you can afford and taking the time to do that. So taking the time to really understand your own body and what works well in the clothes and how you actually live. What are you looking for? What do you need? Because a lot of times we end up like in people's front hall closets. There's just so much stuff because it just kept coming in, you know, whether it's hats and scarves and lots of jackets and coats and all the different seasons. But then really, did they get worn? And so it's just thinking about that. What did I wear? If I need a new one, I almost need a new one that's the same. Mm-hmm. right? Not the new one that's different. Yeah. And I think also that's true of everything, even to like kitchen appliances where you go, you can buy a really cheap blender. They make them. They also break. And so over the course of a few years, you could buy four blenders or you could buy one high quality one that you're like, I've had my Vitamix for like 15 years now. You go like mm-hmm. those things work really, really well. So trying to buy the best that you can afford and taking care of it and knowing that you're not just going to end up dumping it in a landfill only to then have to replace it over and over again. In the end, you spend the same amount of money on 10 pairs of cheap jeans as one pair of really good jeans that you'll have for a few years. I like that owning well, and I really like that you're responsible for this item that you own. I also read that you have a 10% rule. Mm -hmm. What's that about? So the 10% reduction rule is if you're feeling overwhelmed by any area in your home, try and get rid of 10%. Because you you go like, I got to get rid of like 90% of what I own. No, you don't. Because that mm. you then you'd be in like a crazy hoarder house. You just need to get rid of 10%. So like if you have 10 pairs of jeans, just get rid of one. 10 sweaters, get rid of one. And all of those little reductions all over your house will make a huge dent. I mean, you'll right. end up with like two big bags going to donate, right? right? Because it really is like 10% of your coat and jackets, 10% of your boots. Like all of a sudden you go like, right, that bag is starting to fill up. Right. Mm-hmm. But it will make room in your home and it makes it much easier to put things away. Years ago, Kate had a question on Instagram asking the followers, do they like, which do they hate more, really? Mm -hmm. Was it folding laundry or putting it away? And we thought for sure it would be folding. And it was like 90% putting it away. Truly 90%. And I was like, what world are you all living in where that's worse? Nothing fits. Nothing fits. And so you can't put it away. It just stresses you out. You leave it like on surfaces and in laundry baskets and whatever. But I was like, I hate folding, but at least I can put it away. Well, and the interesting thing for us is when we see someone living out of laundry baskets, we understand right away, like, those are the clothes they're wearing. Uh Leave that. We don't need to go through that with you. You're actually wearing those things. Let's dig into this Yeah, we were talking about this the other day. Like, when's the best time to start doing your clothes clear out? And I said, when you have like four loads of laundry to do. Because Mm -hmm. then you know all the clothes you love are in those baskets. What else is going on in the closet and in the drawers? Well, even things like socks and underwear and everything. If you still have all those underwear in your drawer that you didn't choose and you haven't done the laundry and so there's a lot done, then you go like, wait, how much do I actually need? What what are all these socks? What what is going on here? Then you can more easily get rid of the stuff because you know all the good stuff is in the laundry. Yeah, that's actually funny. What about the products that you you guys use or need? Like, what are the, the ones that you recommend people? I know speaking of buying things, but like what's actually really helpful to have at home? We say don't buy anything until you've gone through your house because you then don't know what you're keeping. Um, I would say some of our favorite things are drawer dividers, whether that's for like folded clothes or even in the kitchen, like my mom was saying with the junk drawer. Um, where things actually have little sections that need to be contained, even in the bathroom drawer, where you go like, you know, hair things and floss and all that different stuff can be sort of contained. And then you know where to look for everything. Um, I think kids things in bins is really helpful. Like my kids things are labeled with the word and also a picture. So like they can start to find their own things when they're a little bit younger. And James, my older son can now read all of those. And they're in broader categories right so it's not like this type of action figure this type of thing it's just figures right every just all Mm -hmm. the little people live together in one bin or i have you know all the cars are in one bin or puzzles are in one bin so i think bigger better like bigger broader categories are better with kids um we love a clear bin in pantries i think more than a bin you can't see through just because you know, containing all of the pasta together. Well, that yes, that makes sense. Um, 
But if you don't know that it's pasta and it's like up on a shelf, then you sort of forget what that is. Well, it's sometimes like in a front hall closet or something that other people might see to have bins you can't see through that are labeled like hat scarves, whatever. That can look very pretty. But the clear bins do help most everywhere else. Kate, isn't there a shop on our website that has like favorite products? Mm-hmm. There is. I think there is. Yep. And so they are in there. But the, like what Kate said, we, we say buy nothing at the beginning of this because a lot of times people have tried to do this themselves and they've gone out and gotten things. And so they're there. Mm-hmm. They're in the mix somehow. Yeah. We find things all the time. Containment is the last step, right? right. After okay. you've decluttered and decided where things are going to go, that's definitely what comes last. And I think also, you know, we love the container store. It's the best. Their products are amazing. It's also so crazy expensive. Like so expensive. Crazy expensive, like $27 for a clear bin. And you're like, what? I went there to buy one thing and I spent $2,000. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> so I would say, look at Amazon. Amazon has great stuff. Target has great stuff. Bed Bath & Beyond has great stuff. You don't need to spend $27 to get a bin. You really don't. You can get some really, really cute ones for like under 10 bucks. And you can reuse things. We have lots of mm-hmm. people who... They would never spend $27 on a bin, whether they could afford to or not. And they will reuse, you know, they'll, they'll use shoe boxes or whatever. And, and so there's other ways to do it. It doesn't have to be, no one's going to sneak up to your house and take a picture of the inside of your closet and post it on Instagram. You're perfectly safe to do it in whatever way is high functioning for you and your family. I like that. What is the craziest thing that you've seen throughout your process of organizing homes? People always ask us. There's a few categories. Um, We found guns, which is very surprising. Well, also the family often doesn't know they're there. Like we found guns (laughs) on estates where you're like up on a top shelf and you're like, "Um, excuse me, there's guns up here. Oh, my God. (laughs) So we found guns. Obviously, um, you know, there's like porn and vibrators and all of that where people are like, you don't need to look in there. We're like, okay, all right, sorry. Like private things. We found a lot of like things that were missing. Our team a few weeks ago found a diamond ring that was worth like $200,000 or something that had gone missing from the family. It was just in a bag inside a box. Oh my God. Nobody knew where it was. So that was a good find. Well, and they, they had found like a, because they were doing the paper Hopefully there, they, they didn't found do the insurance. So they, that they found the, the ring itself, which is very exciting because they, the family didn't know that it was there. Right. So on estates is where we yeah. see more. And a lot of times an older generation have, um, they, they tucked money into oh, cash everywhere. Cash, cash, cash. So oh, we're wow. like, here's all your cash. <laughs> Look at all this. You could just, you know. Forget that you ever hired us because here it's all paid for. But like in coats and things like that. Yep, in like, shoes, we'll find... inside shoe boxes and purses and under the mattress. Cash just, yeah, totally. Stashing cash. Uh-huh. Have you come across like, I know people joke that they're hoarders, but yeah. like, have you come across or have you done a project where it was real? So we, we have been brought in on hoarder projects. Um, we don't really do hoarder projects we'll go like right to the brink of hoarder but like not full-on hoarder um and you know it's sort of funny but we say like the only hoarders we'll work with are dead ones like where the family needs the whole place (laughs) cleared out and so the hoarder's not there with the emotional it's just it's an emotional psychological problem that we don't have the skill to deal with we simply we can't solve the problem it would be very very expensive to have us there doing it but also there are people who specialize Mm -hmm. in it you know, they are organizers as well, but they specialize in the, the deep problems because it's super complicated and we do have great compassion for the family of the people who have this problem. And often what's really interesting in our work, like Kate says, we go right up to the edge with it because we have done many jobs where there's an enormous problem of too much stuff and what at first looks like sentimental holding and all sorts of things. But as you hear the stories and start to talk through people with with what they've got and why they held on to it. Human beings make a great deal of sense. It might look crazy, but it does make Mm -hmm. a lot of sense that they are holding on to things for reasons that often are related to brokenheartedness and loss and confusion and upset. And so on those jobs, it's it's quite satisfying to help them decide what meets that need and can be kept and what is kind of related to it but isn't helping. And so kind of sorting through those things and then making their home beautiful so they can come home and feel not embarrassed, not upset, not like they have something to hide. It's just the way that they are and they can live within that. It's just, you know, it's not going to be completely streamlined. It doesn't need to be. 
Yeah. And I think that most of the time holding on comes from a place of either trying to do the right thing and be responsible, whether that's financially or because you don't want to burden the landfills. Um, or it comes from a place of being sentimental and trying to do the right thing or being kind to somebody else, like, oh, somebody gave me this gift and now I don't know what to do with it. For the most part, people aren't just absent-mindedly like, oh my God, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what any of this stuff is. Like they have reasons and thoughts. And right. so that's why they we have their say, own system. Yeah. And and <laughs> so a lot of companies who do, you know, just straight up home organizing, they'll come in and they'll organize your home when you're not there. And we say, I, I literally don't even understand how that works because our team is like with your, you know, with you side by side the whole day talking, you know, talking everything yeah. through like, oh, I thought this, but then it became this. And now I'm not keeping that. And so the book is really trying to teach the reader to ask themselves the question that we would ask our clients if we were there okay. in person with them and to like work through that. The reason we wanted to write the book was because we knew that so many people wanted help but couldn't afford professional organizers, right? Or could even imagine that that would be something they would do. And yet they yeah. go like, wait, if someone could teach me, you know, five tricks that would make this easier, that would be better. And so that's what we tried to write the book with that in mind. Okay, as if we were standing in their kitchen with them, but we're not there, how can mm-hmm. we help? Yeah, no, it definitely learning makes a huge difference because then you can also maintain it. Mm-hmm. And you don't feel kind of like lost. You don't feel like hopeless Uh (laughs) about like the mess you've sort of made then you feel guilty about and I can also imagine like getting rid of stuff is that sentimental while keeping it must feel a certain way but like parting ways with it must also feel like like a relief in some Mm -hmm. ways like you closure and a lot of things like you're talking about brokenheartedness like oh that was from an ex my Uh ex-husband for something like holding on to it for some reason because just you know you have those memories but like letting go probably feels like you know you're turning over a new page so there's like so much emotional you know that's what I was saying is like while the idea of organizing is very surface level there's so much like under like so much emotion that comes with it I think also people feel badly about the things that they're holding on to as if they haven't made a decision. They're like, I don't know what to do with this item. And so let's say it's even something from a previous marriage. We had this with somebody recently and it was all the things from their first marriage and their first wedding that they thought maybe their kids might be interested in one day, but they weren't sure. Should they keep it? Is that weird? Why are they holding on to it? And so even going and making the concrete decision. Yes, I am keeping this. It is in this bin. It is labeled as yeah. such. And if the kids want to see it, that's great. Rather than it just being like sort of spread around, taking up space, both emotionally and physically, you go like, no, I'm making the conscious decision. I want these items. I don't need them every day right in front of me, but this is where they're going to be. I know where they are if I'm looking for them. Even that would free up so much space if you chose not to get rid of that emotional space if you chose not to get rid of mm-hmm. it. Well, and it frees up the thought process so you don't have to be tripping over it and seeing it. And it is with intention, like Kate was saying before, that when you organize things with intention of, you know, my children are nine and 10, let's say, they don't want these things from our wedding that we're, you know, at this point, but those children will grow up and be adults and they might want these things. And so even with that in mind, with even like a label on there, Right. Yeah. About what it is and what's in there and putting, you know, your wedding album and whatever, um, because mostly people are good. I mean, the one thing that we have learned over these 10 years is that I, I would say 95 percent of our clients, maybe 90 more, 98 are just excellent. They really are trying hard. They're trying hard to take care of others. They're trying hard not to burden the landfills. They're trying to be good people. They're trying to have happy marriages and happy families. And it's hard. It's really hard when it comes to stuff and home and the home is where the whole thing plays out. So it's like if the stage where this whole thing is playing out can work for the people that live there, it's way better. Yeah, way better. It just makes it all happier and they deserve it. They're all good people who deserve happy homes. I like that. I think that it's time to play a very short would you rather game. It's organizing themed. (laughs) Would you rather, I'll start easy, one giant storage closet or a multiple small storage closets? One giant. One giant. For keeping or for clearing out? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to, to keep, to, to have, like in your home, which you, what would you yeah, rather have? One giant. Yeah. One giant. Then mm-hmm. small. Mm-hmm. Why? Why? 
easier to work with. Easier to work with it. You could put all the shelves in there and you could have it. You could just see it all. Like this is yeah, just storage. Small yep, closets are hard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Would you rather not be able to find your keys every day or your wallet? Um, my keys. I guess my, my keys. <laughs> I couldn't handle not being able to find I my wallet. I could walk if I had to, and I could leave my, my home unlocked, <laughs> but I need my wallet. <laughs> you could leave your home unlocked. That's good. <laughs> Would you rather stare at an accent chair covered in laundry or a desk covered in stacks of possibly important papers? The chair with the yeah, laundry. The chair with that the laundry. I know I could sort out quickly. That desk thing would suck me in. That would yeah, be just a she, mess. She hates paper. Yeah, I, laundry. I can deal with laundry. Yeah, I guess I think I agree. The desk would the be worst. so overwhelming. Well, yeah. you have to, like read slower. them. Yeah. yeah, and your mistakes could be huge. Well, and you saw even in your house that like stack of papers that you were worried about. It was all garbage. By the time you went <laughs> through it, garbage. you were like, "It's all trash." I don't know why I was yes, worried. I was putting off like all these bills <laughs> that I was just like, imagining that I have, and it was all just like your address has changed. Like, why are you mailing me this? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would you rather a Tupperware fall from the top cabinet every time you open it, or never be able to find a pair of a shoe in your closet, the a second pair in a shoe? The I'd rather shoe. not be able to find the shoe. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't handle the Tupperware falling on me. I'd wear mismatched shoes. Do you know what I would to. do? I would, th- I would throw it out. I would simply throw out that shoe. I'm not bad. <laughs> Every shoe. I would I'd be like, I can't find it. It doesn't have a match. Goodbye. I am now a barefoot person. Mm-hmm. That's just <laughs> yeah, me. That's the way I am. Well, thank you both so much for coming on this show and just like teaching everyone your ways. Remind everyone, remind me about your book, when it's coming out, what it's called, where can you buy it? and where to follow you and all of those amazing details. So our book is called Love Your Home Again. It's available everywhere online. Amazon, Barnes & Noble is doing a sweepstakes, a pre-sale sweepstakes. So you get uh, entered to win a phone call with us and some money and our new course. It comes out September 13th. Yay, we can't wait. Um, And you can find us at Done & Done Home on Instagram. And our website is doneanddonehome.com. But we're learning, we're new to this, but we're learning that pre-sales mean a great deal. So if you want it, get it now. Order yes. it now and then it will be with you on the 13th. Pre-order the book. It, it, that's true. It makes a big difference. Yeah. Well, thank you both so much. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Anne. And everyone, please go follow at Done and Done Home for literally the best content <laughs> you could possibly have. I love all this video. Thanks for having us. Yeah, of course. And you can follow at Diet Stars Tomorrow. You can follow me at Aileen. And that's it for today's episode. If you want to submit for DST Thursdays, Email us DST at Batches.com for your DST wins and for your dear DSTs that we'll do next time. And we're always with you. Perfect. And then. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to DST at Betches.com. Batches.